It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. And James, the Senior Bowl starts this week. The Bengals are down in Mobile, Alabama, at least 10 of them. NFL teams capped at 10 attendees at the Senior Bowl. And the joke that makes itself, James, is, of course, that's all the Bengals personnel staff anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, it's actually not. The Bengals do have a mix of coaches and front office staff down at the senior bowl. Not everybody gets to make the trip, but I do know that the coaches highly value the time they get in person with those players. So we'll talk a little bit about some of the senior bowl storylines from this week. We'll get into a couple mock drafts that dropped after the playoff games. But speaking of those playoff games, James, I feel like every year around this time, you know, the Bengals aren't playing anymore and, and Bengals fans are trying to look at the teams that are still in it. Look at the final four teams. Look at the teams that made it to the Super Bowl and try to figure out, you know, what can we learn? What can we learn from these two great teams? You know, these, these two teams that are representing the NFL on their highest stage. And this year it'll be Tampa Bay at home against the Kansas City Chiefs and I thought Green Bay was going to win that game. I think Green Bay should have won that game. I think that, you know, when you get two straight interceptions and you get negative yards and then you can't get it into the end zone there, they they kick a field goal and never touch the ball again. That's just embarrassing finishing from the Packers offense in a game that they had every opportunity to put away. But on, on that same token, you do have to credit that Tampa defense. On the other hand, the Bills, they, they go up early on the Chiefs and, and then they don't have enough firepower to keep up the rest of the way or the Chiefs are able to do enough to slow them down. What are your big takeaways, James, from watching those games? Because there are some people out there that are saying, hey, those quarterbacks, none of them played all that well. Maybe maybe those established to run and defense win championships, guys, maybe those guys are right, you know? <laughs> well, let's start with Tampa Bay and, and Green Bay. Um, what are concerns in April and May rang true. And I'm kicking myself for not thinking about that, for not thinking about uh, after weeks and weeks of saying offense wins, playmakers, 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 and really Green Bay has won. And they could have had T. Higgins, but they didn't. And instead they went the quarterback route and they could have traded for for a wide receiver at the deadline, but they didn't. And, And they truly didn't have a number two, and I get it, right? Uh, Scantling played well. Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, the the touchdown was insane uh, that he had to tie the game at seven. But Aaron Rodgers was missing uh, a Julian Edelman, a, a go-to slot receiver guy that could just really make a play when they needed it him to. They didn't have that, and, and when you don't have layers of playmakers, that's the case. And I I, I agree with you. I think the the Tampa defense played well. Uh, Green Bay's offensive line was dinged up. They were obviously missing their starting left tackle. That matters. But 
I, I really think that if the Packers had a any type of slot receiver that's reliable, right? Any of those guys that you could think of historically that Brady has had, then that would have been a different game. And they didn't have it. And then, so when they needed the big play after the interception to extend drives, they didn't get it because it's either Devontae Adams or nothing. And multiple times it was nothing. I mean, three interceptions by Brady in the second half and Green Bay only gets seven points out of it. That's insane. But that was, uh, that was the reality. And then, the AFC championship went about how I expected it to. I was bullish on the Chiefs. I thought that people were kind of, and I don't know why you would ever underestimate them, but either underestimating them or overestimating the Bills. But it was the Bills' first time in a, on a stage like that. And while I think they're good and Josh Allen has certainly exceeded my expectations, it's going to be really, really tough for anybody to beat the Chiefs. And I, I think you saw that on Sunday. The offense for the Buffalo Bills didn't play well enough. And if that's a product of the Chiefs defense playing a pretty good game, Tyran Matthew, for example, who had an up and down season showing up in the playoffs or, or the Chiefs who kind of somebody on Twitter, I, I can't remember who it was. One of the PFF guys, I think, was talking about, you know, they, they were in a lot of close games this year, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't look like they were really trying all that hard. It didn't look like they were. I mean, they were obviously trying hard, but it didn't look like they were ever concerned you know, the, the the outcome of the game was never in doubt. They kept it close. And then when they needed to win the game at the end of the game, they went and won the game most of the time. And then they get to the playoffs and they're steamrolling guys or steamrolling teams. And they, they steamrolled the Bills. The, the Bills, you know, they, they go up early. And then I look away from the game for about five minutes and, and then they're trailing. You know, they go from 9-0 to 14-9 in, in – a period of time where I think I missed one or both of the touchdowns because I wasn't, I just wasn't paying that close of attention to the game, honestly. But I, I do think that you make some very interesting points. There's uh, certainly some valid criticism of, of green Bay's drafting approach. They get essentially nothing out of that draft that helps them in the NFC championship game. Besides AJ Dillon, you know, running back who came off the bench and, you know, good for him if he had a nice game, but they couldn't have used a Brandon Ayuk or, or as you mentioned, a T. Higgins, just another guy to go out there and, and make some plays. That's a tough sell for me. I, I know that they lost some of their offensive linemen at bad times. And the Chiefs going into the Super Bowl, losing Eric Fisher to an Achilles, that's a big deal too. Uh, that gives, you know, Shaq Barrett, who had a really nice game for Tampa, a chance to make a big impact on the Super Bowl as well. It, it's just... You know, how well do those defenses really play is, is my question. Uh, Aaron Rodgers could have run in for a touchdown there when, when he forced it back over the middle to Devontae Adams. And, you know, you hold Aaron Rodgers to 26 points. I guess that means you've done your job. You, you get him to go negative yards and the pass rush gets wins at, at key times. I guess you've done your job. There's still 57 points scored in that game. The Chiefs gave up 24 points. Could have been more. They, they scored 38, though. So, so what do you learn as a Bengals fan is, well, that's, that's, a, that's a tough team to go, to go up against in Kansas City, right? <laughs> like, do you see any way that the Bengals are going toe-to-toe with Kansas City in a year? No. That's, that's a quick turnaround. No, it's not. And that's not going to happen. And honestly, that can't be the bar. The bar is playoffs. Find a way to get to the playoffs. And if the 2021 Bengals 
are the 2020 Indianapolis Colts or 2020 Cleveland Browns, and they happen to win a game in the wild card round, you feel great. And, and to me, I still think it's let's surround Burrow with everything you can surround him with and and keep a couple key pieces on defense. And heck, on Mock Draft Monday, we used one of our three day one or first round and second round picks because we traded down a couple of spots on a, an edge rusher. I'm not saying don't address any needs on defense at all, but I'm saying your, your premium picks, your first rounder, uh, most of your asset allocation in free agency should go to the offense. And, and if you do that, if you believe in Joe Burrow, then you have a shot against some of these playoff teams. If not, then you're banking on an edge rusher making a game-changing impact against meaningful teams. And while that can be the case, a lot of times it, it, it isn't, right, until you get to you know the, the final round, the NFC Championship game. And then, yeah, Shaq Barrett does make an impact in the Super Bowl. I'm sure there's going to be a couple big sacks in defensive plays, but overall – it's going to be about the offenses. How does Brady play? Does he turn the ball over? Does he uh, throw to Mike Evans, who I think that ball should have get, gotten caught, but he airmailed it a bit? Um, do those things happen? Because if those things happen, that's how you lose, right? It, it's it's offensively, it's an offensive league. And so that's, that's where I'm at still. It hasn't changed that. And uh, out of all the teams, I, I think the Bills, it feels like they're on the rise, right? The Chiefs, they almost seem like they're the dynasty, uh, th that's going to be around for the next decade. Tampa Tom, this might be their one shot with Tom Brady, and he's my guy, and I know he's going to come back next year, but, man, it's tough to imagine him doing this again next season. But the one team that feels like eh, that might have been their best shot was the Packers, and, and that's why you, you want to go all in when you can uh, when you have a guy like that. And I'm not saying the Bengals do in, in Burrow, but they feel like they have a guy who can be a top-10 quarterback. I think that's safe to say. And so hopefully they can go all in and put the pieces around them. And who knows how much longer Aaron Rodgers will even be in Green Bay with all that fun speculation <sighs> and them drafting a quarterback instead of a player that maybe would have helped them win that game against Tampa. I, I think that the only other point that I want to throw out there is how much did those defenses feed off their offensive success? It's mm -hmm. so important in the NFL. We talk about game script a lot this season and the Bengals couldn't capitalize on it even when they were leading in games. And that's why you need the pass rush. But we'll talk about it, I'm sure, throughout this offseason. The defense, you know, they, they might be close if, if it was the same unit and you just had to add a few players, but they're going to have a lot, of, a lot of roster churn. Might be two corners. Might be a pass rusher. Might be an interior defensive lineman. That's four starters, potentially, that you're overturning in one year. So could be a lot of work to do. But I think that the bottom line is when you have the quarterback, you need a competent defense who can capitalize on your offense, putting them into positions to win the game. That is the baseline for the defense. That is what the Bengals should be shooting for in 2021. Coming up next, it's Senior Bowl week. We're going to take a look at a couple other mock drafts that dropped after the playoff games and get into a bit of a Senior Bowl preview, relying on some of the experts who were actually able to make the trip down to Alabama this year. The NFL playoffs end in just a couple of weeks with Tampa Bay hosting a Super Bowl, which is pretty unreal stuff. But if you want to get your bets in for that game or you want to bet on some of the NFL futures like we just talked about it, will Aaron Rodgers be the starting QB for the Packers in 2021? 
BetOnline.ag's got you covered. And by the way, the odds for Aaron Rodgers to be the starting QB in Green Bay in 2021, minus 500 for yes, which implies an 83.3% probability that Aaron Rodgers will still be in Green Bay in week one. And note that the line opened at minus 400, so betters are not believing those rumors. But maybe you do. Maybe you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to fight his way out of Green Bay. And if you do, Bet Online will give you plus 300 odds that he will not be the starting quarterback in Green Bay next year. Maybe he gets hurt. That's another factor that could fall in your favor where he wouldn't be the starting QB. Go check it out at betonline.ag. They'll give you a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up today if you use promo code locked on. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, it's Senior Bowl week. We'll talk about the Senior Bowl practices as we have information to share with you. Those will be starting this week. I have uh, access to get that tape. We got some virtual credentials for the Locked On Bengals podcast, so we will have access to watch those practice, to watch the practice tape and, and be able to relate to you some of the interesting things we see. Excited to do that. Before we get into a couple of mock drafts, I just have some more of the same results and some results that we haven't really talked about a lot lately. Mike K or Mike Kai, I'm not sure how his name is pronounced from NJ.com has reported that the Eagles will not be retaining pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach press Taylor. We speculated about this a little bit earlier in the off season when it looks like he might not be back in Philly. Now that is confirmed. He obviously has ties to Zach Taylor, his brother head coaching in Cincinnati Expecting this to happen, expecting the the press Taylor reunion, the press the the brothers coaching together in Cincinnati, and and if so, you know what what do we know about that? Is it a good thing? What what would his role be? These are the questions that Bengals fans are asking. I think it's I don't want to say foregone conclusion. It just feels inevitable, though. It it does because. If you're Press Taylor and you don't have an offensive coordinator job wrapped up or a, a quarterback's job, a quarterback coaching job wrapped up at this stage with only really one team uh, remaining for, you know, for a head coaching vacancy in, in the Houston Texans, which that's a dumpster fire in and of itself. Why wouldn't you want to join your brother in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow on his staff, even if it's for a season? And if you're Zach getting an extra set of eyes, a guy you trust in what could be and what should be, in my opinion, a make or break type of year, this makes a ton of sense to me. Now, I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm not saying it's really going to benefit. I don't know what his role would be. Um, but I, I think it, it, it's it's almost like, all right, well, he's available now. Uh, Doug Peterson got fired or decided to part ways with the Eagles or whatever the hell that was. And I didn't get retained. So you know what? I might as well join your staff, Zach, at least for a year. And let's see if we can turn things around in Cincinnati. I I just, I think it makes sense from their standpoint. 
I'm not going to lie and say I know enough about press to say whether or not it would actually benefit the team. But if I'm Zach Taylor, much like a couple of years ago, midseason when Marvin Lewis was suddenly doing the the defensive coordinator duties because he had fired Terrell Austin and was like, oh, Hugh Jackson's available. I would love to have Hugh Jackson's eyes on this team and, and just so he can help me because he's a, a football mind I trust. Zach could totally do something similar. And again, 625-1, and one, this is a make-or-break type scenario for Zach Taylor. So why not bring in a guy you trust? We saw it a couple of years ago. I totally think that it, it could happen again, that it, it very well might happen again in the next couple of weeks. And the one other thing, Jake, that I, I want to mention with this, and I don't know if it's something or nothing, and I'm just strictly speculating, not reporting a damn thing. The Troy Walters job hasn't been official yet. You know, his promotion from assistant wide receivers coach to wide receivers coach, we covered it. It was reported, heck, way back the same night the Frank Pollock news broke. And yet nothing's official. And I do wonder, maybe Zach had the foresight and that move was reported prematurely. And I'm not questioning the report. I just wonder, is is that the case? Is Could that be, it'd be as simple as, hey, Press Taylor's are assistant wide receivers coach and assistant quarterbacks coach or wide receivers coach or some kind of offensive assistant. I I could certainly see that possibility. It would be interesting. Uh, I mean, it would be a lower level assistant role for, for press Taylor in the offense with the Eagles. He was there from 2013 until, you know, right now, offensive quality control coach, offensive quality control and assistant quarterbacks coach, quarterbacks coach, and then pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So he did constantly get promotions there. He was brought on with Chip Kelly after working at Tulsa as a quarterbacks coach in 2011, 2012. Then Doug Peterson kept him on and and he just kept getting promoted. And when we first talked about this, y'all might remember it was when, you know, there were rumors that Doug Peterson was on the outs in Philly in, in small part or large part in part anyway, because he suggested that Press Taylor should become the offensive coordinator. And, and ownership wasn't very happy with the idea of promoting from within. And it wasn't just Press Taylor. It was some other internal promotions too. But that was part of it. He, he was in line for another promotion in Philly. And, and Doug Peterson was ready to make him his offensive coordinator. This year was obviously a bit of a disaster in Philly. And I don't know how much of that falls at Press Taylor's feet. But he, he he did help them win a Super Bowl with uh, with a backup quarterback, and and he was at the time an assistant quarterbacks coach. And after that season, he was promoted. That's when he became the full time quarterbacks coach. So has experience working with a good quarterback. Has experience working in good offenses. Has experience working on a Super Bowl staff. Those are a lot of things that you like. A lot of things that he could bring to the table. And he he comes from that Doug Peterson brand of offense. So you can see the fit. You can see it uh, politically. You can see it from a familiarity perspective. You can see it from a scheme perspective, even to some extent. So it'd be interesting to see where they slot him in. I think it would make most sense to do like another offense quality control kind of thing. Just have him around to help, like you said, but Mm -hmm. maybe they make him a position coach too. I mean, you could, you could see that happening, right? I, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that's fair to a guy like Troy Walters. Maybe that, maybe that report was just wrong, right? But, you know, I feel like Troy Walters has probably earned his shot. So 
we'll, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see if he ends up in Cincinnati. And I hate to say this, but last thing, Zach can control this now. They may never be able to control their destinations again if things don't go well this season. So if you're him, why not bring your brother in? And if you're press, I know you can't think like that, and they're really young coaches, but this might be the time just to do it so you can say you coached on the same staff, because how cool would that be? Up next, we're going to transition from the coaching staff to the guys on the field and the draft from the Senior Bowl to a couple other mock drafts with familiar results. The only thing worse than 625 and one is unreliable transportation. That's why rockauto.com is here to keep you on the road. It doesn't matter the make or the model of the car that you drive. Rockauto.com is going to have the part you're looking for. They've been serving auto parts customers online for more than two decades. So check them out now. It doesn't matter if it's a Fiat, a Kia, a Toyota, a Honda, a Mercedes-Benz, a Bentley. Jake drives a Bentley. They got it at rockauto.com. And the best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, James, I was going to dive right into the mock drafts that we haven't talked about yet this week. But first, I need to make a correction. James Rapine has previously stated that I, Jake, drive a Bentley. That is, in fact, not true. I I drive no such thing. Just for the record. I don't believe you. James doesn't believe me. That's okay. A couple of mock drafts to talk about, James. We we keep uh, trying to get into scenarios on Mock Draft Monday where we don't draft Penesul, and he keeps getting mocked to the Bengals anyway. They keep sending three quarterbacks ahead of the Bengals and a wide receiver. And if that keeps happening, then maybe Penesul still ends up in Cincinnati. And if that happens, that's totally fine. You're happy with that. And so I just want to point out that, that that is something that continues to happen. This time it's over at the Draft Network this week. And over at PFF, Steve Palazzolo takes a turn on the mock draft for PFF, and he flips it. He has Penny Sewell going number three to Miami and Jamar Chase making it to number five. So we, we keep trying to find, you know, these scenarios where, you know, it's a trade back or they're not getting one of the guys that seem like they're worth the premium picks at number five. But with the quarterbacks that are projected to go early in this draft and the quarterback needy teams picking at the top of this draft, it continues to look like there is or are scenarios where one of those two guys makes it to number five. So just something worth noting as we head into senior bowl week. And speaking of Jamar Chase, he won't be at the senior bowl, but the other wide receiver that people are pegging for a top five pick, Devontae Smith, will be. And it will be interesting to see to what extent he participates in the Senior Bowl. Dame Brugler reporting that 
Amongst three Alabama players in attendance, Devontae Smith is not expected to play. He's got a thumb injury that he sustained during the national championship game. Landon Dickerson will also be there. He, of course, has the ACL injury, so he's probably just going to go down there, get some measurements done, hang out in the classroom with the coaches and, and do some interviews perhaps. And Najee Harris will be down there and also is not expected to play due to injuries. So we won't see Devontae Smith. He'll be down there, though, and the Bengals will have an opportunity to talk to them, talk to him if they want to because they'll be down there. But the Senior Bowl is always a pretty fun time. It's going to be really the only opportunity to see a lot of these players in person this year with pro days likely not to be attended by NFL teams. There'll, there'll probably be some NFL personnel there trying to ensure some sort of consistency and measurements and things like that. But one opportunity to see a pretty big handful of players and experienced players in an all-star game environment that will be invaluable experience. I mean, who, who are your eyes on at the Senior Bowl, James? Alex Leatherwood. Definitely a big one for me. One of the top two round tackles, or maybe he's a guard, depending on your view, that the Bengals can get a look at down in Mobile. Sure. He's a guy that you hope is there at 37, right? <laughs> that that you, you can talk to and then potentially take in the second round. That would be ideal, right? As many tackles that can fall to the second round at 37 would be great. So evaluate all of them. But uh, Devontae Smith is a guy that I think can kind of separate himself from Jamar Chase here a little bit. The Miami Dolphins are there. They're coaching the Senior Bowl. Uh, we've seen the the Dolphins get mocked, one of these receivers. And while you and I have Jamar Chase ahead of Smith because of age, year he broke out, all of that stuff, age of breakout, Smith has tape on tape on tape. He just played a season. He won the Heisman. Uh, he's, he's a guy that his stock couldn't be higher. Brett Favre, by the way, the other day told TMZ Sports that he would take him with the first pick, compared him to, to Jerry Rice, said he could have that type of impact, and Randy Moss acknowledged they're different players. But, I mean, his stock is sky high. So if he interviews with these teams and, and has decent measurables and maybe weight is part of it, maybe he weighs in at 180, 185, then, he, you know, he can cement himself, I think, higher than people realize because of all of the known with him, right? There, are, There's much more known with a guy like Smith than there will be with Chase and others, and the Senior Bowl is just another reason for that. And I, I do think it's interesting, by the way, the, the Bengals not coaching this year. Zach Taylor, when he was asked about it at the, the season-ending press conference, kind of laughed it off <laughs> because I, I think it was a lot, and he was really trying to – uh, maybe not decompress, but get his wrap his mind around what his coaching staff is going to look like for 2021. But obviously the Bengals are still there and they'll be able to get an impression. And this is a, a really key week for the Bengals as they evaluate in the rest of the, the league, as they evaluate what they're going to do this off season, specifically in the draft. I'm just going to throw out some names that I think the Bengals and, and the listeners to this podcast should be paying attention to. Let's start with you know, the cream of the crop guys, the, the, the top end talent in this year's senior bowl that'll actually be playing. Cause one guy you really like is the first name on the list. Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. will be, will be down at the senior bowl. He'll be playing. We talked about Alex Leatherwood. He's 38 on Dane Brugler's board, by the way. So right in that range for 37 that you mentioned, Carlos Basham will be there from Wake Forest, North Carolina linebacker, Chaz Surratt. Obviously, Mac Jones, but the Bengals certainly are not in the quarterback market in any pick that matters, I hope, this year. 
Washington defensive tackle. I'm going to butcher this name. Levi Anwuzaruki will be there. Liam Eichenberg, who I will have my eyes on, of course. Washington cornerback or maybe safety, Elijah Molden. And Alabama big man guard, Deontay Brown. So all very good prospects that will have a chance to play against some high-quality competition down in the Senior Bowl. A couple of small school tackles to keep your eye on that Dame points out, and I I mentioned these because obviously the Bengals are in the market for tackle help this year, is East Carolina's Dante Smith. He's got good feet, according to Brugler. He has 35.5-inch arms at 305 pounds, so as probably a developmental player, but for these small school guys that don't have a lot of premier competition tape, the Senior Bowl is a really good opportunity to get work against some of those higher end, more polished, uh, you know, power four quality of competition. And another name is Middle Tennessee offensive tackle Robert Jones. Uh, apparently is generating some buzz in the scouting community, according to Dane, and Dane very well connected. So some additional offensive line names to watch for. And my favorite thing about the Senior Bowl is that there's always guys that, that kind of come out of nowhere and really impress. And maybe it'll be Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan this year. Who knows, right? But it's always fun to see these guys in the all-star game environment where some players that maybe you haven't heard of or haven't seen a whole lot of get tested against some of the better seniors in the country. And the Bengals clearly valued it last year, right, in that draft. And it was graded pro football focuses, number one draft class. And a lot of that had to do with Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, but Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither, uh, was Khaled Kareem in it? I can't remember. Uh, I, I do know Akeem Adeniji was, right? So uh, that's the the thing. And you're right about that. Like, this is a deep tackle class. We talked about it. It's, it's at least two rounds deep of guys that you're going to recognize their names. Well, what about some of these other guys that could make a name for themselves at the Senior Bowl and potentially be there on day three? And, and that might be the perfect scenario for the Bengals, right? They pay uh, a veteran or two in free agency to help come stabilize this offensive line. And then you've brought in Frank Pollock to help develop Akeem Adeniji. Michael Jordan, and another couple mid-round offensive linemen. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's the route they go. So this is a a very valuable week here for the Bengals in their quest to shore up the trenches because that's exactly what they need to do this offseason. Dane also points out a few players that opted out, and this is the last thing we'll talk about, James, that, that opted out that will be participating in the Senior Bowl. Uh, Nico Collins, Ambry Thomas, Sage Surratt. So some, some corners, some wide receivers, Thomas Graham from Oregon. So some guys that NFL teams will get to see. They haven't gotten to see them for a while. I know for a fact that teams value seeing how players develop, even when they're as good as Jamar Chase. And obviously they won't get to see Jamar Chase at the senior bowl, but even when they're those blue chip kind of players, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, et cetera, teams want to see how they develop physically how they develop going from a year of success. How does Jamar Chase play on an LSU team that maybe takes a step back without Joe Burrow this year? They don't get to see that. They don't get to see how he handles that adversity. And they do still rely on that tape that they have, but it becomes more of a projection. And that is something that all NFL teams will be dealing with. So getting a chance to see some of these opt-outs in person will be very helpful for those particular players. 
We'll have more from the Senior Bowl this week as it goes on. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Until next time, Bengals fans, Hootay, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.